I was just thinking about Noah's Ark. With all the animals on board, especially those with the floppy ears like the donkeys and the rabbits <laughs> with their ears flopping over the... Sir Connery? Yes? This is actually a promo for a podcast? A podcast? Really? Which one? It's called Walking with Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yes, he's my savior. Yes, it's about how walking with him changes our lives. Oh, spectacular. Thanks for walking with us. That's my line? Your line? I was knighted by the Queen of England. My name is Patrick Nugent. On June 23, 2019, I started walking with Jesus. Come hear my story and the story of so many others whose lives have been changed by their walks with Him. Come walk with us. Thanks for joining us today. Hopefully, dead celebrity impersonations don't trigger anyone. Just trying to have a little fun. Friends, I am so excited for you to hear my interview with Josh Brown. This is the most unique interview to date because I've never actually met Josh. A friend of my brother who listens to the show reached out to me and told me that I should contact him because he has a powerful testimony of Christ. I was not disappointed. I grew up to being told you're not supposed to live this way, but I was doing it anyways, but I had conviction. And, and now I had power. Now I had power to say no to drugs once and for all. Whether you've been walking with Jesus your whole life, you just started yesterday, or you're not sure yet, Josh has some incredible insights into being a disciple of Christ. If you are truly seeking after God, you will find him. Um, or better said, at the perfect time, he will find you. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Thanks for walking with us. Welcome everyone to Walking with Jesus. I am thrilled because today I am sitting and having a conversation with Josh Brown. And the neat thing about this is that I didn't know Josh Brown before today. So the idea of this podcast growing organically is starting to take hold and uh, we're starting to, to bear some fruit from this. And that's really awesome to see. Uh, so Josh, welcome. Yeah, Patrick, thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I am a worship arts pastor at a church in very, the very southern part of Michigan. Um, I live in the northern part of Indiana um, with my wife. We'll be married 23 years this December. Wow, uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And I've got two boys and two girls uh, ranging from 15 to almost 22 uh, in age. And so... Um, yeah, yeah, we are we are seeing the empty nest uh, time coming in the next five to eight years, and uh, we're we're somewhat sad about it, but we we see it as a new season, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, that's really cool. I actually didn't know you were in southern, so I live in Kalamazoo. Uh, oh. I didn't know you were in southern Michigan. Yeah, I'm in Sturgis, Michigan. Oh, I, so th yeah, Kalamazoo, Portage area. I you know I, I'm there often. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. I'm actually in a church right now in Portage. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. So that's Very really cool. cool. Yeah. So I eat Yoder's donuts pretty regularly. Yoder's is, is legit, man. If you're a donut <laughs> eater, that's that it's really hard to beat. Yeah. That is the, that is a fact. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So yeah. uh, we'll start off with, with just asking who were you before you started your walk with Jesus? Yeah. 
Uh, so I was raised in a Christian home. Um, my parents uh, took me to church almost every Sunday, and um, uh, we were always a part of a Calvary Chapel church. So for listeners, if you've seen the Jesus Revolution movie that's been out recently, um, that's the kind of church we went to, which was mm-hmm. uh, expositional, you know, Bible kind of teaching church, uh, charismatic, but not Pentecostal um, and continuationists for sure. in theology, uh, a hard, hard complementarian theology, uh, which I've, I've come to see a little bit differently. Uh, so I was raised in the church and, um, you know, well cared for. My parents loved me. They did the best they could. Sure, they made mistakes like every every parent does. Um, but we lived a very – my sister and I, we lived a comfortable life. Uh, grew mm. up in LaGrange, Indiana. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I went to Lakeland High School. And, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about growing up. Um, it was probably, uh, Patrick, my – it seemed to be my freshman year of high school. Um, my grandmother, my mother's – mom passed away and she mm. was like 61 and mm. uh, my mom would have been in her thirties at that time. And it's strange, you know, I was 15 years old um, and I had never been to a funeral in my life. Wow. Like never experienced death, like not even really f- of a pet. Like wow. I had, we had, I remember we had dogs and they, you know, they died and did what dogs do, but I don't remember being affected by it as a child. So I'd never experienced death. And when my grandmother passed away, it was just like an existential crisis for, Mm. you know, for a teenager, um, really didn't know how to process that. What does that mean? You know, this person exists and now they don't, um, and so growing up, I was an athlete. I, I hung out with the jock kids, you know, got pretty decent grades. Yeah. Uh, but I also had a lot of friends who were a part of the, I will say the drug culture, the stoner culture, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and when my grandmother died, uh, I took a turn. Um, and I think in a way now looking back as a way to process that loss, uh, I, I went to those friends that did drugs mm. and, I wanted, I decided, you know, Hey, I want to try this. And, um, I remember Patrick, the first time that I got high, uh, I remember literally telling my telling, saying this out loud for these two girls that I was getting high with, I'll never be the guy living on the street in a box and I'll never be that guy with a needle in, in my arm, you know, like a, like a drug addict, drug addict. And fast forward, not too much not too much distance from that day. And I had, I was homeless for a a part of uh, a brief time when I lived on on the Southwest and I did shoot, shoot up drugs. Uh, It it escalated. uh, Drugs just escalated really, really fast. And Patrick, I think we could take all day and I could tell you all the ugly, you know, stories of that life. Um, but I think what, what maybe you're really wanting to know, uh, is just the loss of it. You know, I tried, um, inpatient, I tried outpatient. I went to CA cocaine anonymous. I went to NA narcotics anonymous, AA alcoholics. I did 90 meetings in 90 days program works. If you work it, I, you know, I, um, I did inpatient, outpatient. I did halfway houses. I did faith-based halfway houses. I even uh, spent some time on a hippie commune out in the middle of the desert in Arizona. Um, I, I tried a lot of things to be, 
you know, when, when the drug addiction got out of hand and, um, you know, in jail, arrested and, and um, started dealing with some very, very, very dangerous people. Um, you know, these, these were the kinds of people that they didn't do drugs, you know, yeah. they were secretly running large, large drug operations. And I just happened to be this punk kid that fell in with this group of people is <laughs> crazy. Um, after, after later I was, I discovered that these, these people I was dealing with were really serious drug dealers, like yeah. six, a hundred thousand dollars worth of weight moving every month from wow. this one guy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we had an ice agent that attended our church and after I was saved, he brought me pictures of me going in and out of buildings and selling, you know, doing what I was doing. And, uh, he said, you, you know, you don't, you don't even know these people you were dealing with. And I didn't, you know, I just thought I was staying high. Um, oh, wow. so before I came to Christ, man, I was, I was really, um, a user, just mm -hmm. self-centered. Um, life was all about me. How could I get the next high? Who could I use and abuse to get, what I wanted, which was, uh, the next high, whether that was, you know, selling drugs or whatever it was, um, a real waste of space, man. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, not, not a lot of, uh, appreciable, um, uh, talents or gifts really, you know, I got expelled yeah. from school with two months left to graduate high school. Oh, wow. Um, just a lot of, a lot of loss. I ended up having to have surgery on my face, uh, because of my drug addiction, um, I I overdosed on cocaine. Ended up in a cardiac unit in South Bend, Indiana, while tripping on acid. Wow! Uh, just you know, all of that, man. Just yeah. really, really radical. So yeah, wow. So tell me about how Jesus came into your life then when, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. you said before I got saved. So yeah. tell me if you don't mind sharing that, that part of the story when, when yeah. he got a hold of you. Yeah. Yeah. So my wife and I, my girlfriend at that time, we lived on the South side of Fort Wayne, uh, South Anthony Boulevard. For those who know Fort Wayne, rough, rough part of the city. Um, people getting killed in our apartment complex and, it was, it was just a, a rough spot right across from Southtown Mall, which is no longer there. <laughs> uh, and we, we had been, it was at a period of my life where we were doing all what we would call like the natural drugs. So we'd eat acid and smoke pot all day, every day and eat mushrooms and stuff like that. No Coke or meth, stuff like that. Mm. What we called hard drugs. Um, and we had been eating mushrooms from the same dealer for days, just like holed up in this apartment and just eating mushrooms. And we'd come down and then we'd go to the guy's house. We'd buy some more and we'd eat. Some, and just, it was a total craze, you know, Yeah. Um, days after days. Uh, we didn't see daylight for a long time when we lived in Fort Wayne. We'd wake up in the, at eight, nine o'clock at night and we'd be up all night. We'd sleep all day. It was just... Hmm. The house we lived in, the apartment we lived in, it really was just a drug house. I mean, it really was. Um, so we've been eating these mushrooms and 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 you know experiencing all that comes with those kinds of drugs. And we went back and we we got another bag and I ate them. My wife ate them, and one of our good friends, our roommates, ate some too. And about an hour goes by, and we 
none of us are high. So like something's, something's going on. Um, in fact, my wife never got high ever. Hmm. And my, my friend never got high either. Um, and so I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this guy takes us for some chumps and, and he's ripped us off. So we were getting our things around. I was going to go to his, go to his house and drag him out in the yard and get my money back. Um, sure. that, kind of, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm we're sitting there and I start, Patrick, I start, I start having this sort of anxiety kind of come over me. This, um, this fear, um, and it was in my heart, in my mind, my spirit, it wasn't something necessarily tangible, but I started feeling really, really anxious, still not high at all. Um, and now a couple hours have passed, which those listeners who know what magic mushrooms do, that's not how it works. <laughs> you take them and within about 45 minutes to an hour, you start feeling the effect, you know, it's yeah, not immediately, yeah. you know, not like Coke or those kinds of drugs. At any rate, didn't experience anything. And so we're sitting there and feeling this anxiety and this, this, uh, fear. And, and I, I start having these very, very dark and destructive thoughts. Um, mm. I start not to harm anyone else. I never had any feelings to harm other people, but I had these really dark feelings to harm myself. Um, mm. you know, I, ha I was thinking like, if I could get my thumb into the corner of my eye socket, I could pull my own eyeball out. Like these just demented dark things. If I could get my fingernails underneath the skin by my elbow and just kind of start peeling my own skin off. Really dark, evil stuff. Still not under influence of the drugs. Um, and now, you know, I, I know. I know what was happening. If you look at the book of uh, Galatians, it talks about the fruits or the, the results or the consequences of living a life in opposition to God, you know, church people, we say the works of the flesh is what, what it says in the text. And one of those works of the flesh or, or ways that we live in opposition to God is in most translations, it will say witchcraft. And like for listeners, you're like, ah, oh, you know, gosh, I'm not that guy in the jungle with a skull on the end of a stick and a grass skirt dancing around a fire. You know, that's what we think of. We think of witchcraft, right? Um, but when we translate that word witchcraft, we actually get the Greek word uh, pharmakia, which is where we get our English word pharmacy. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that when you take Tylenol or Advil that you're practicing witchcraft. Listeners, don't don't hear me say that. That's not what the text means. It does not mean that when you take medication that you're you're against God. But what it does mean, I believe, is when you take in drugs that alter your sense of, of consciousness, your, your mind in a way that does separate you from God. And I had been taking these things into my body so long, Patrick, that I'd been inviting this, this uncleanness and this darkness, uh, depending on your persuasion listeners or Patrick, I don't know you. So depending on your persuasion, <laughs> uh, there are there are entities in, in the spiritual realm that attack and have a desire to kill and destroy. And I had invited mm. these things into my life. And uh, I was, for the plainest way to say it, demonized, Yeah, filled with demons because I had been practicing witchcraft outside of the blood covering of Jesus Christ. Mm. And so in this moment, these unclean spirits were taking control of me. And, and these these fiery darts, as the scriptures say, these thoughts are coming into my mind to, to hurt myself and destroy myself because that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy just f truly physically wants you to die. 
your physical body before you can come to faith in Christ. And he'll do anything he can to do that. Hmm. So we're sitting there and I'm having these, these sort of impulses and I end up in my room and now I notice my hands and my teeth, I'm grinding my teeth. Like I'm, I am, I'm seething like this, this is something is happening. Something is taking over. And I mean, this is uh, like, like Hollywood depicts, um, with a person who has turned themselves over to darkness, it was happening before my eyes and destruction before my eyes. Just, um, so I'm having these extreme, terrible thoughts and, and, uh, you know, next to all of our drug paraphernalia, our bongs and mushrooms, everything that sits on our, our nightstand next to our bed. Um, I always had this Bible. I don't even know, you know, my mom probably gave it to, I'm not even sure. But in the midst of this chaos, I, I, I hear a voice. I hear God say to me, read your Bible. So at that moment, I grabbed the Bible and I open up the, the Bible. And immediately when I opened up the Bible, the words just like a snap, just melted off the page. And I was immediately under the influence of these drugs. So very, very not normal. That's really not how it works. My friends are very worried about me because they're not high at all. Now, hours yeah. and hours have passed. It's the middle of the night. Um, and so now I'm sitting here and I'm experiencing this internal sort of chaos and destruction. But now physiologically, I'm also under the influence of these drugs. And so there's this this war and this battle that's taking place. Um, and then I hear a still small voice again. And the still small voice says, pray. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I prayed for, for listeners that know any of the stories of the Bible. There's a story where Jesus meets the, the disciples on the water and he's walking on the water. And Peter, one of the, the followers of Jesus is in this boat and Jesus calls him to come and walk on water with him. And the story goes, Peter steps out of the boat and he walks on the water and he's going to Jesus, but he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he begins to sink. And yeah. he says, the simplest prayer you've ever heard, Lord, save me. That's what he says. So I pray that prayer, not in reference to Peter. I, I, I know that now, but I just said, Lord, help me. Yeah. And then I hear the still small voice of God again. And God says to me, uh, I will heal you tonight. I will set you free tonight if you let me. If you let me. And at that moment, I was at this crossroads and there's this, this fork in the road and I had a choice to make. And I said to, I I spoke back and I said, I don't even know what you're saying to me. I don't, I can't Mm. even comprehend what you mean by this, but I need you to do whatever you need to do to change my life. I need to be free. And Patrick, it was at that moment, it it was like I was on a roller coaster. And I was at the bottom of that first climb, you know, and you're going up those tracks and you hear the chain click, click, click. And there's this ascension taking place inside of my being emotionally. And I feel like I'm going up. And like all roller coasters, you get to that top. I felt like in that moment, as you plunge over the other side, I felt like in in one moment, Patrick, like 
I got one phone call mm. and this person on the other line says to me, everyone you've ever loved, your parents, your sister, everyone, they are all on, they were all on one plane, all your friends, everyone, they all died. That's the feeling I felt. Yeah. There was such a, a breaking and a wrenching and a, a, a humbling and a brokenness that came over me. It was a crushing weight. I cannot describe you. It was, it was mm. such devastation and pain. Hmm. And I opened my mouth and I screamed. And when I opened my mouth and I screamed, uncleanness and darkness left me. Hmm. And I would feel, I would feel like on the top of my head, like uh, someone who was taking a jar of olive oil and I could feel it starting on top of my head and just washing, hmm. just washing over my body. And with it, uh, peace and a freedom from God that I never experienced in my life. Hmm. And this happened over and over and over again for hours. And in the middle of this, I'm in the middle of it. It's like three o'clock in the morning. And I have this strong compulsion while these, these waves of purification and cleansing are happening. I, I have this sense I have to confess sin. Hmm. I call my dad like in the dead of the night. My wife is terrified, girlfriend at the time, terrified, thinking I'm losing my mind. She goes out into the living room and she begins, she goes, gets on her knees hmm. and is praying for me. Thinks I thinks I'm, you know, gonna end up in the psych ward. So I call my dad in the middle of the night and I I just tell him what's going on. I say, Dad, this is what I've done. These are the things I've done, Dad. I've given my my sister, my little sister, drugs. I'd hurt people terribly. I'd stolen, I'd lied. And I just began to confess sin. I get off the phone. I go to sleep. Patrick, I woke up the next day and when I opened my eyes, my vision was different. <laughs> Everything that I was seeing the world differently. I jumped up. I grabbed my cigarettes. I, I'd smoked a pack a day for five years, took my drugs, flushed them all down the toilet. And it was, it was like a light. I never touched it again. <laughs> like, like a, like a, a total miracle. I tried everything to be sober and clean. And, and then my, my girlfriend, she receives Christ, my wife, she receives Christ the same time. She begins to know her need for Christ. She's out in the living room praying for me. We got saved the same day. That was February 28th, 1999. Wow. <laughs> and we knew right away, God was speaking to us that morning. Oh, we can't live together anymore. Cause we were living in, in, in fornicate. We got to move home. This is, yeah. we don't, you know, I grew up to being told you're not supposed to live this way, but I was doing it anyways, but I had conviction and, and now I had power. Now yeah. I had power to say no to drugs once and for all. Now I had power to say no to, to living a life of fornication. We moved home. Yeah. Um, and my life, Patrick, since then has not been easy. I've gone through some other things that have been pretty wild. Um, but I've never, I've never gone back to addiction again, ever. 
not even not even one relapse. God has completely and utterly changed my life. Um, yes, <laughs> a miracle. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that testimony of God's grace and his goodness. Um, I, again, because we don't know each other. So listeners, Josh and I have never met. We've never exchanged a single word of conversation about each other other than the emails to schedule this right, call. Right. Like that, that's it. Um, I, June 23rd, 2019 was the day that, that the Lord got a hold of me and, mm, uh, I, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, and so that the night before the, the 22nd had drank my weight in, in whiskey and yeah. that morning, same similar, I shouldn't say same similar experience with, you know, just never again, like the light, like, like a light switch that it just came on the next morning. I was like, all right, I'm done. So yeah. I'm not a drinker anymore. What's this going to look like? And, and just, you know, yeah. going that way. So yeah. praise God. He, yes. Praise him for all of the miracles. And thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in Josh's life, what you've mm -hmm. done in mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how'd you, how'd you come to serve as a, as a worship pastor? Yeah, I was a musician growing up. I played guitar since I was eight years old and, and played in garage bands and stuff in high school. <laughs> and, uh, Right away, you know, uh, the scriptures say that he uh, who loves, who's been loved much, he's been forgiven much, loves much. And I had this real stirring to, to worship. I was a worshiper from from 1999, from that birth, uh, just, just a worshiper. I'd spent a lot of time with uh, chord charts and guitar in my room, just me and Jesus, just singing and praying and hmm. uh, having that time with the Lord. And, um, so I went to the church and I was out in the congregation and, you know, a lot of these folks at this, at times they would just be sitting in their chairs and I would be in the first or second row and I couldn't stay in my chair and I couldn't <laughs> yeah, keep course. my hands down. I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm crying, you know, every service, it didn't matter. Like I'm just a mess, you know, just, just <laughs> in abandonment before the Lord. Mm. My pastor saw that at that time and knew I, uh, played and so asked me to start playing on the worship team. So I started playing on the worship team and God had called me. He gifted me for this, this thing to do. Uh, this is what I was made yeah. to do was to lead worship. And, and eventually I became the worship pastor, worship leader at that church and, and, uh, led mm. the team for about 15 years at that church. And so, uh, the church I serve at now, uh, this November will be eight years and um, that's a whole other podcast, wow. Patrick, because <laughs> the church I got involved with, the Calvary Chapel I got involved with, went really, really sideways. Okay. And my family and I spent um, a good portion of our early faith life in a real life, like you see on TV, a real life cult. Yeah. Wow. And God set us free from that too and uh, brought <laughs> us back to grace. Um so yeah, worship, uh, worship kind of came naturally to me just as a follower of Jesus, because I, th I think the radical change in my life. Yeah. Yeah. As a father of four, I, I too am a father of four. Um, mm -hmm. we have a yours, mine and ours situation. So, so both my wife and I have been married before, um, mm -hmm. I'm divorced. Her first husband passed. Um, and so, so we came together and then, and then we have a baby that's, that's ours. And so, um, when you're, when you look to God to, to guide you as a father, um, mm -hmm. this is very fresh for me. And so that's probably why I'm asking, how do you turn over parenthood to, to mm -hmm. the Lord? 
Man. <laughs> maybe maybe that's a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's a great question, uh, Patrick. And, uh, you know, for me, prayer is such, uh, it's a really crucial part of my life. Yeah. And um, praying for my children is a big part of my life. But uh, I, I do think that the turning over is developed in trust and faith in God, mm. um, believing that because God carried me through, he can and will carry my children through what they face. And thankfully, thus far, none of my kids have gone down the path that I've gone, that I went down, that my wife and I went down. Oh, praise um, God. And I believe that was from prayer as well. Because when I first got saved, before, I, before my wife and I were married, and I was having those times in my, my bedroom, just my guitar, I would beg God, beg him, please, Lord, please don't let me have kids like me. Mm. I don't think I could take it. My, mm. my parents suffered, man. Yeah. They suffered. I mean, I'd be gone for days. They didn't know if I was alive or dead. I mean, mm. I'd come home in a, a total wreck mess. Um, and I begged God, please just don't let my kids be like me. Cause I was, I was rowdy. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, I think intentional pouring in to, uh, your children helps you to trust God because you start to see the faith that they have. And all of my kids are followers of Jesus. I'm thankful for that. Mm. Um, but I, I, I would, I would say probably prayer is maybe, maybe the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for answering that off the book question. Sure. Uh, I appreciate it. That's, um, again, it's, it's fresh for me. I'm four years into my walk with Christ and, and it's been incredible. I, I told you via email that I've, I've begun taking seminary education so that I can become a pastor. Um, so cool. and it, it is, it's really, it's amazing to, so I went to college for theater performance. Um, and so to, to use the gifts that God has given me to, to now serve his kingdom is yeah. absolutely just different than anything I ever envisioned of my own life or anything I ever tried to plan on my own. And yeah. so the opportunity to do that has been, uh, has been incredible. I remember my brother's been walking with Christ for, for 27 years. Mm -hmm. And, and he told me, you know, when God gets a hold of you, he'll take all those gifts and all those things that you're good at and he'll use them. Like it's, yeah. it's not going to be like, he's not going to take these things and go, ah, no, I, I made you good at those things, but let's put those aside right. and, and make you do something that you're really uncomfortable with. Instead, you'll serve the kingdom using all of that stuff. And so mm -hmm. thanks again for, for sharing that part of your testimony. Um, yeah. the next question I have will actually probably be geared more towards pastor Josh. Um, mm -hmm. and that is, what do you think the biggest myth about Jesus in our kind of society and culture is today in 2023? Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest myth about Jesus is that he can be fully understood. <laughs> you cannot, the mysteries surrounding Jesus, the mysteries of what it means to walk with the creator, the mystery of, of having God himself, the one who spoke the universe into existence in us. Hmm. The mysteries of God, I, I think, I think there's far too many people and I, uh, can be one of them still. And I was more one of these in times past, just being able to so arrogantly de declare what I know about God 
Yeah. And there are some declarations, 100%. There are things that I do know about God, but the older I get, the more I walk with Jesus, the more mystery I see and the more I, I just... I just don't think I can I can say so much about God as I used to. Yeah. That's fascinating. I even in four short years I've learned similar that that the more I learn I realize the less I know. Well said. And and it's been it's definitely been a, a journey of like, oh, okay, well, I guess you're going to wreck all of my preconceptions on that. And I guess I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just shut my mouth now and, and let you guide. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a talker. Uh, you know, I mean, that's podcast sort of seemed natural for me because I'm a talker. I'm a storyteller. But, but the more I get into teaching, you know, I, I'm a, a leader in our high school ministry here at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work with high school students. And the more I talk with them and pray with them, the more I'm like, you know, guys, I actually don't know. Like, it turns out I don't know the answer to that. Instead, let's just spend some time in prayer and and let God guide our hearts and our our thoughts on this. Because Mm -hmm. if we try to do this on our own, man, we're just recommitting Adam and Eve's sin all over again, repeatedly Mm -hmm. recommitting that sin. Mm -hmm. What would you say to somebody who's wrestling with whether or not they want to come into faith? You know, somebody who's... I'm not talking about somebody who's so far away that, that they're, I'm talking about someone who's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they walked into church cause they're just curious and they're mm-hmm. like, well, what's this all about? What would you say to them? Yeah. Uh, keep seeking, you know, mm-hmm. keep, uh, keep asking those questions. Jesus uh, says, ask and you'll receive an answer, knock and he'll open the door. So if you are truly seeking after God, you will find him. Yeah. Um, or better said, at the perfect time, he will find you. Um, and and you, you know, a great place to begin that journey is just to begin to read the Bible. Just read it. Mm. Um, don't necessarily even listen to teachings. There's nothing wrong with that. Or uh, there's great podcasts. There's great content out there. Um, but just begin to read the Bible and maybe just say, maybe you're not even someone who has ever prayed before, but just to begin and pray and say, God, if you're real, if this whole thing's real, if this Bible really is a guide to my life, show me something when I read hmm. it, speak to me. And uh, you're going to be surprised what will happen. Um, God's faithful and uh, he does love you and he does yeah. want to be in relationship with you. And, uh, as you continue to seek him, things will change. Mm, That's awesome. What a wonderful word. Thank you. Mm. What about a new believer? Somebody who's now crossed the line of faith and they said, all right, I'm in. What about Mm. a piece of advice you'd give to them? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the major changes in my life in the last uh, several years is coming to a more contemplative, uh, place in my life and, 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 and faith in Christ. Uh, I think that silence and solitude is more important than we could imagine. So if you're a new believer, it's great, um, to talk to God and to pray and to read the Bible, but don't neglect being alone and being still and being quiet before God. God will speak. Silence is his first language. Mm. Just being still before God is 
it, it is a, a crucially important thing. Um, and for some people, that can be five minutes. It could be two minutes. It could be, but for others, it requires more time to just be still before God. Um, so I would encourage new believers, don't neglect prayerful meditation on the Lord. I don't, yes. there's, there's different kinds of meditation. The world, uh, the world will tell you to empty your mind as a form of meditation, um, a faith-based or Christ-centered form of meditation is to actually fill your mind with who Jesus is. So for me, this begins with liturgy. So I use liturgical prayers as a way to remind myself of the truths and promises of God. And that could literally just be praying through a psalm. So I'll read a particular verse in Psalms, and then I pray what that verse means to me, you know? Mm. So praying through the scriptures meditatively and allowing space and time. It's not about reading, you know, 20 chapters in a day. It's about <laughs> hearing from God. Yeah. It's about actually hearing from your creator. And so don't leave that presence until you've made the connection with God. It, it, don't check it off of a list. You know, maybe the Lord has you in a single verse that day and the rest of the time is just listening for his voice and asking him. What does this verse mean to me? How will I take this to my job or to school? Or how will I take this to my family? Just this one verse, because that verse, there's an eternity. There's an eternity right in that single verse. And you'll never understand everything there is to know about that verse, no matter how many times you read it. Just allow God's presence to begin revealing and opening his word to you in little bits at a time. And, and your, your life will change. Your life will yeah. change if you if you embrace silence and solitude. Thank you. That's awesome advice. I cheat a little bit because I ask every guest that question um, because I'm always looking to enhance my own relationship with him. Hmm. And so for those that have been walking with him longer than I have, which is virtually everyone I talk to, um, they are able to offer me those things and it, it helps enhance my relationship with our creator. I mean, hmm. and that's what I'm looking for. The number one purpose of this podcast is to enhance relationships with God, to bring people closer to God, whether it's me mm -hmm. in, in my own you know, interviews, whether it's the people I'm interviewing or the people listening, it's always to bring people closer to God. Mm -hmm. um, if you're you know, 15 steps away, let's make you 14 steps. If you're, if you're 10,000 steps, like, let's make you 9,999 steps further away. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that's just what I look for because- when I was wrestling with faith, which was for a very long time, I did not grow up in a household with, with God. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't come to him till, till I was 40. Um, and, and as I thought about it, I just, you know, oh, this is, I, I just can't see myself being one of those church people. I just can't see myself being that. Mm. And, and then right when God got a hold of me, he said, you know, this isn't about being one of those. This is about being one of my people. Mm. Do you want to be one of my people? And I was like, yeah, man, I do. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and God. that's, yeah, that's sort of what it, what it turned into. Um, thank you for sharing your testimony and, and just some of the wisdom that you've been given from God. Uh, you know, our, our wisdom comes from him and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thankful that, that you're able to, to share it and to, um, to use really wonderful words to help us, um, because your words are, are clear, you know, it's, it's not, we're not talking in big, huge circles. We're able to just hear clearly. 
Um, so thank you for allowing God to use you in that way. I say the same thing every time, Patrick, when you asked me to be on this podcast, I would be dead for any other reason. God would have just let me die in my sin, man. <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't Same. to share the little bit, I'm just, I'm just one hungry man, uh, a beggar sharing bread with another. That's it. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> God would have just let me die. He really would have. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, let's move into the lightning round of questions. Right. Uh, this actually is a is a listener favorite. Uh, I get emails regularly like, "Oh, I'm really glad you do this." And so, yeah. uh, this is just a way for our listeners to get to know. Um, Josh, a little bit outside of your testimony, uh, but we always start with with the word, and that yeah. is the, so. The first question is, what's your favorite Bible verse? So this changes always. Of I'll, course, I'm going to tell you what I've been meditating on right now. Yeah, um, and it's it's coming to me often. Uh, it's, it's Psalm 90 verse 12. Teach us to number our days carefully, so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Uh, and, and what the Lord's saying to me in that is, uh, um, you know, mortality is one of the best teachers, uh, mm -hmm. just knowing that life is a vapor and numbering my days and, and seizing every day and, and trying to bear the, the greatest amount of fruit I can, uh, because the, our, our days are limited, man. So Psalm 90 verse 12 is, is it for right now. I gotcha. Thank you. Uh, what's your favorite book of the Bible? Favorite book of the Bible is probably it's either Hebrews or Proverbs. Hebrews, probably because, again, I, I referenced this a while ago, uh, my church I was a part of went really, really sideways, and we became a Messianic or Hebrew roots church. Mm. And so the truths of the freedom from the old covenant that are contained in Hebrews have been an anthem for me. So I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock my answer in and say Hebrews. <laughs> Final right. answer, Hebrews. So I actually, you, you bring up an interesting point that I probably should start my, my previous guest also said from the old Testament or the new Testament. And I was like, yeah. Oh, maybe I should start. Maybe this should be a two part question, hmm. but so I'll accept both answers. Cool. Uh, what's your favorite movie, Josh? Favorite movie. Again, I, I'm not a real big, uh, movie or TV watcher really, but I'll tell you, it was one I just recently watched. I, I really only watch when I have flights and I had a flight to Phoenix um, and I watched a man called Otto. Oh yeah. It was deeply moving, man. I mean, that yeah. was really good uh, as far as a movie, but in terms of like what I'm regularly viewing and I'm just deeply impacted the chosen. Oh, Oh my yeah. goodness. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like yeah, it is incredibly. It, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's incredible for, for anybody out who, who's listening. If you haven't watched The Chosen, check it out. It's absolutely free to watch. It's I think it's now on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. uh, the first season is it's it's really incredible. It's a great way to to have an introduction to Jesus. You need to mm -hmm. dive into scripture to get to know mm -hmm. him more. But it's a great way to have an introduction. And don't skip around. Start season one, episode one and watch the narrative unfold. Um the the woman at the well scene yeah oh, yeah just like yeah <laughs> I was like a mess I watched yeah, that I'm I, like Lord Jesus I was a mess in the very first episode when he puts his hands on Mary's head yes. and 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 just frees her in that oh. instant like she's just free and I was like oh 
and just I was a wreck. I was sitting in a hotel room because I was traveling and I just was I was bawling sitting yeah. in my hotel room going, thank you, Jesus, for putting your hands on my Praise head. God. too." Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. So before we get emotional, let's <laughs> uh, if you could have dinner with anyone living or dead, who would you choose? Oh man. So some of these <laughs> questions that you asked, I, I was probably more intimidated by these than I was anything. Um, I was asked this same thing recently on another podcast I was on. Um, I'm going to say probably Augustine. Okay. Uh, Augustine of Hippo. Yeah. Yeah. What do you hope God says to you when you meet him? Yeah. Welcome home. Hmm. The place I was made for. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What's your favorite word? <laughs> Man, I don't know. <laughs> favorite <laughs> word. Uh, I don't know. I don't think, I don't, I, I honestly don't know. All right. That I have a favorite word. <laughs> All right. That's yeah. okay. Okay. What's your least favorite word? Uh, my least favorite word. I don't like the word delicious. Oh, I don't right. like that word. I don't know okay. why. Like you know, there's people that have these. We've got a, one of the ladies at our church. She hates the word moist. So if you're talking about <laughs> cake, like moist, she hates that. She'll have a visceral response. Uh, so. Yeah, I would I would say that's probably one. My wife is that person who has okay. a visceral response to the word moist. Yeah. She loathes that there's word. There's some psychology there. Like you can, yeah. you can Google it. There's some there's some <laughs> reasons for that. It's funny. Yeah. What noise or sound do you love? Yeah, I love uh the sound of water. Uh we live on a lake and I love the sound, particularly the sound of lapping waves at the ocean. Hmm. So that it's one of the few places that my my mind actually can turn off. If I've got a beach chair, then I'm sitting and, and the waves are coming over my feet. That sound is, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What noise or sound do you hate? Uh, I would say anything that's really shrill and loud. I'm very, I'm actually fairly sensitive, even though I've worked in a studio most of my life and, <laughs> and, and I'm a, a professional musician. Uh, loud, loud noises just in general are probably the things that bother me the most. And okay. bright okay. lights. I'm, I'm not a fan. I like I like uh, dim lights. So some people say, well, maybe you're on the spectrum a little bit. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I don't like loud noises. Do you do at your church, do you do like a, a more intimate worship setting? Do you do you have like a dim light, you know, low volume yeah, setting? It, it totally depends on what the Lord's doing that week. You know, okay. we, it depends, but we, we will do some acoustic sets, but normally the run of things at our church is a 11 piece band. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty big, pretty big, okay. big, All big right. production. There's a lot of, we have, we put a lot of emphasis on excellence, uh, but we'll have some sets where it's just me and maybe a handful of people and, and acoustic guitars, mandolin, that kind of thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So if you weren't a worship pastor, a worship leader, uh, and also a professional voice actor, and I'm going to ask you a question about that in, in just mm -hmm. a second, what do you think you'd like to do? I would be a barista. Yeah. I would own a coffee shop. All right. 100%. I'm a coffee dork, like okay. total dork. You know, I, I, <laughs> I'm one of those guys that has a gram scale. 
Like I used to use oh. this for other things, but I actually make my coffee by <laughs> hand. And I, I'm very nerdy about coffee recipes. I mean, up where you're at in Kalamazoo, bro, do not sleep on Matchhead if you've not been there. Okay. Matchhead downtown is a legit third wave shop. Phenomenal shop. And the guy who runs it, it's actually run by Radiant Church in Richland. Oh. And the yeah. guy who runs it, his name's Ryan. He came from Buffalo, New York. Amazing brother and, and super knowledgeable about coffee. So I would I would own a third wave, not just any kind of coffee shop, but a third wave coffee shop. All right. Right on. Right on. I love how fast that answer came. Like, <laughs> yeah. That one, you, you're like all the other ones are like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. this one, that one, you knew. Well, you're I've like, got this a is friend who's a roaster <laughs> and, and he and I've actually, he came to my wife and I and asked us about investing. And so we've been thinking oh. and praying like, you know, what, what, what would the Lord want to do? And then we have another friend who owns five lakes, which you oh, have wow. a five lakes in your, yeah. So we sure do. 15 of them. He owns a dear friend of ours. He goes to our church, but he owns all of those. That's a little bit of a different kind of shop. It's not third wave. It's more like a Starbucks kind of shop. Um, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I could talk about coffee a long time. I all have right, tattoos right. like, like, uh, <laughs> literally like I've got coffee tattooed here. I've got coffee on my tricep beans and the flowers. I love, I love coffee. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this isn't the time for me to tell you that I'm a tea drinker. Huh? No, tea's <laughs> good gonna... too. no, bro. The, at a good, good third wave shop, they will have high end teas. Oh, and, I, and I, I love a great tea. I yeah. really do. Oh, I, I do you know, yeah, I'm it's, a big peppermint awesome. tea fan in the winter. I love a blazing hot. And then we sit by the fire. We have a fireplace at our house, fire, hot tea, heaven. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. So how'd you get into voice acting? Uh, so I own a small production company called His Productions. Um, started me, myself, and I producing one radio show. Uh, fast forward 24 years I've been doing this. Uh, I was the original guy that hosted all the shows that I was producing. Now now we have a large team, operations team, a production team, a, a VO team. So I still have some legacy shows, uh, yeah. but I started uh, as a 20-year-old kid or 21. Yeah. No, 20, uh, voicing my pastor's show because he needed someone to host it, like say in today's message, et cetera, et cetera. And then my company just grew and it just continued to unbelievably, it's just crazy what God's done with the company. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's how I got started in the industry. That's incredible. Thank you. I was in a, sh in a play, uh, when I was 20 years old, 19, um, was in a play with the man who did the Aleve all day strong, all day long. Oh, wow. uh, he's a voice actor out of Chicago. And he said to me, you know, you've got a pretty good voice. You, you should do voice acting. I thought, that. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. And so I, I actually have, have tried, you know, I, I've dabbled a little bit, tried to, to get into narrating uh, audio books and things yeah. like that. And so, yeah. so it's definitely like a side passion of mine to, yes. it also allows me to exercise the acting muscle mm -hmm. to do like, because I don't have time or really the desire to be on stage anymore, mm -hmm. but it definitely allows me to exercise the acting muscle to, to read and, and mm -hmm. to do voice acting projects. There's an art uh, and a craft to voiceover yeah. that is, it is really a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, a, it's so much fun. So, yeah. and that's, again, it naturally sort of lended itself to becoming a podcast host. Yeah. And so, super. yeah. Well, the last thing I'm going to ask, as I, as I told you a while ago is, mm -hmm. uh, is if you'd pray for, for mm -hmm. us. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, for Patrick. Uh, thank you for his story, Lord. Uh, thank you for changing his life. 
Mm. Thank you for setting him free, Lord. Mm. Thank you for his wife and his children. God, thank you for this podcast. Thank you for the listeners that we know are going to be impacted by what you've done in our lives, Lord. And you did that work for your glory. Mm-hmm. You did it to, to show others that you, Jesus, you are real. You are a real person. You are a real God who wants to be friends with us. You want to be in relationship with us. That's why you changed my life. That's why you changed mm-hmm. Patrick's life. Lord, I pray that anything said in this podcast that won't be beneficial to those listening, you just strike it from their memories, Lord. And uh, the things that are going to be seeds planted, God, you are the one that bring the increase. You're the one that causes those seeds to sprout and grow. And so for those listening right now, um, you know who you are. You can, you sensed something today, something maybe you've never experienced before, something outside of yourself. God was speaking to you. Lord, I pray for that person, those people who might be listening, that you would just draw them into relationship with you. That's the purpose and the yes. goal, yes. to see people come into faith with you and be set free from anything and everything, not just crazy stories about drugs and drinking and immorality, Lord, but just sin as a whole. God, we must be set free. So God, use this, uh, this podcast, use this for your glory, we pray yes. in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate your time and and what God has done in your life and your willingness to share uh, and to continue to give credit and praise to him. Mm. Patrick, it's been a joy to be with you. And thank you for inviting me. Like I said, yeah. uh, I'd be dead for any other reason, man. <laughs> I hope I get Amen. more chances to share this story. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again for making our show a part of your day today. If you're a regular listener, You know that I am studying to become ordained as a pastor. I am serving as a ministry resident at our church. I am a husband and father of four. Recording, producing, editing, hosting, and releasing this podcast does come with a cost. If you enjoy the show, and if you feel so moved by the Lord, would you consider joining our Patreon family and financially supporting Walking with Jesus? We want to continue bringing you as many stories as we can record of God's glory and how He is working in me and so many others. Thank you, and I pray the Lord would bless you all.